themselves. Bam. Badass midnight movies. A bunch of a-holes. Welcome everybody to Bam. That is right, the Badass Midnight Bam. Movies. <laughs> we are we are part of the Midnight Movie Team group. This show is pretty much dedicated to really we're focusing on all sorts of movies now. We used to do comic book movies and sci-fi movies. We're just going to focus on everything. Uh, of course, I do. We'll, this still, we'll still do those. Oh yeah, we'll we're still going to do this. Yeah, some of the lists I have, but this is focusing on list movies, of movies that we might not ever talk about, ever come up with, because there's always those moments when you and I are talking, like, man, I'd love to do that movie or this and that. And I think this is our way. If we can't do the movie, maybe we can at least dissect it, show our love for it, you know, show some love. Yeah, show 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 our geek off, you know, for for certain movies. And of course, in the in the whole thing, I was just saying, you know, that we don't do anything geek. You know, these are supposed to be non geeky lists, of course. I decided to pick probably one of the biggest geeky things ever is fucking swords and sorcery movies. Yeah, you're talking about <laughs> trying to get away from the genre, yet yeah, we're I still just, in it. I dove just, right. I just <laughs> took. I just put my Sergeant Hulk right into that one. <sighs> so, uh, but so, but like, but again, last week we our our starter one. You know, when we did this, it started off with sports, which I thought that was so much fun. Um, so I learned I, I learned a lot of a lot about you last week, especially sports movies, but a couple of movies I didn't know about. And I actually I went back and I saw I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. So, OK, so that's one of the things I think by doing BAM is I'm going to learn about some movies and maybe you'll learn about some. Yeah, so. exactly. So that's hopefully that's what we're going to learn here because swords and sorcery. And this one we thought would be I think we were we, we knew we were going to trip over each other on some sports movies. But this one, I think is going to be a big surprise. I think all around, and I've like I'm still wrestling my list down as we're talking. Uh, my list will progressively <laughs> work its way down as we get to the end of the show. Yeah, um, I um, but yeah, I'm we're gonna do Swords of Sorcery. Now, the one rule to this was no Lord of the, no Rings, Lord of the Rings or the yeah. Hobbit movies because, unfortunately, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't like them, but to me, I, I think those were done the best. They've they they really captured that style, and I thought they would just be too easy. Because I mean, we're talking about some of the biggest trilogies. As as deep in, deep into the Star Wars mythology that you and I are, they are still probably one of the top trilogies right next to those. So, and I'm talking both Hobbits and the Lord of the Rings trilogies. Yeah, some yeah. some will disagree on the Hobbit one, but I still think that's a great, an amazing trilogy. But I'm um, a fan. Of, I'm a fan of the novels. So, yes, as am I, and uh, that's why I love the OG series. The Hobbit one is yeah. You you did where you weren't going to try. I can do without. You were going to try to do the animated uh, Hobbit and Lord of the Rings, which I, I give you credit for trying. But I know I had I actually had it on there, and I talked to you in the green room before we started recording. I was like, "Well, I did have the Hobbit animated one," yeah. and you were like, "No, it does not count." Yeah, but I'll give you I'll give you mad credit for that because I, I like, like the very next day I thought about it. I was like, "Ooh, the anime. no, no, I got to stick to my role too." You gotta stick to yeah, man. Yeah. You can't be hypocrite. Come on now. So, well, I went first last week. I figure we're going to go ahead and let you go first for your first. What now again? These are in no particular order, unless you did this time. No, I don't. I nope. don't really have them in order. I just kind of just threw them. Okay, all me on. either. Yeah, I'm not gonna have them. So these are in no particular order. Our our top five, your top five, my top five, making it an awesome top ten. So what you got for your first one? Well, my first one is Lady Hawk. That's uh, I think that came out at '86. That's Rutger Hauer, a young Michelle Pfeiffer, and a young yeah, talk about young Matthew 
Everybody was young in this film. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I was waiting for the Matthew Broderick. Yeah, because that one's. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah, uh, Matthew. Like, people don't realize that Matthew Broderick was in that film, and I think he adds he adds the heart to that film too, which I think he's an important character yeah. because he's sort of like the um, the connection between uh, Rutger Hauer and Michelle Pfeiffer because the basic the premise of the whole movie, if you guys have never seen it, is they're basically star-crossed lovers. All right, to a point where. Michelle Pfeiffer's character is, is literally, she changes, like they've been cursed. She changes into a hawk at night and Rutger Hauer turns into a wolf by day. Or I might have that reversed. And, but, and they never have seen each other in their human forms. But they, they, they fall in love with each other. Well, I, no, they were in love beforehand and they got cursed to have to follow these two lives. Him, wolf at night, her, hawk during the day. Yeah, and there's also a moment in the film too where... He is, I think he's hiding in a cave trying to avoid the sunlight or maybe she might. And you, there's a moment where you see the sunlight coming in. You see they actually can see each other like, and they're trying to touch. And then like one of them turns into the creature. Well, that's and, the curse is that they can only see each other during the twilights in the, in the, um, in the, yeah. in the morning and the evening hours. And um, the, yeah, the twilight and the dusk hours. And they can only see each other for those split moments. They can see each other mid transformation, and then they have to go back and just so yeah, that's it's a constant torture. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Um, and don't, don't forget freaking Alfred Molino's in this one. A lot of folks forget about talk about talk about forgetting about Matthew is, but Alfred Molino's in there. He's a uh, he's uh, Cesar, the Wolf Trapper. Yeah, very. Yeah, you talk about you want to talk about Young and the baby face, but people forget about him. Baby, that yeah, he was young, <laughs> thin too. You know, I think it was a couple of years after he did. Uh, no, this is like the what. Seven years after Raiders of the Lost Ark, because he was in that film too. Uh, he was one of the henchmen. I remember that he got killed in the beginning. I remember, ah, the spikes went to his face. But um, the relationship between the two characters, like to me, it, because Matthew Matthew McConaughey, Matthew Broderick, <laughs> basically is like the sounding board for both of them. He's almost like a shrink in this film because you see them like he Rutger Hauer's character will say, you know, oh, why do you love her? Because he's such like the stern, tough guy, and she's very sweet type of person and like they it, they're often these conversations they have with him he's like you know why do you love him and you know why do you love her and and with her it's like very elegant like oh he's just he's been there like very eloquent in his words and then uh, Rutger has a moment where he's talking to Matthew and because he's very stern about the whole thing he doesn't want to say anything and I, I'll paraphrase he says like, you know, why 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 she's like she's the only thing that gives light to this heart and I was like, wow. And that's the only thing he says about her. He says other things like later on, he, like I said, I'm just paraphrasing, but like those moments and then eventually when the curse is lifted and big embrace and all that. But it's a good movie too. Really good film. Like the whole, they have to hunt him down as a wolf, the hawk. I think one point in the movie, she gets shot. They have to heal her. They take her to a witch. And But it's just like the conversations and the relationships, like these two characters can, you know, they, they can be that way. Yeah still cursed and they're still in love but they're cursed but they know like they're still trying and trying and trying to find this witch throughout the whole film and uh i love it. it's one of my favorites yeah so. it is yeah and again i mean another great richard donner you know a lot again one of those things that people forget that's richard donner's movie as well mm. you know because it it breaks away from what you're known for what, you, what he's known for you know done most recently he had gotten done you know doing you know, the superman movie and you know so this is 84 so 84 well yeah 85 yeah so um, yeah but yeah, it's a great movie. Um, I always looked at I always looked at uh, Matthew um, Matthew Broderick's character, the mouse, as kind of like as us, 
as the audience because he was the one that knew was in on everything that was going on throughout the whole thing. Yeah, everything. Yeah, but yeah, Literally. definitely, yeah, definitely a good movie. I, I guess in my head, I didn't put it so much sorcery. Obviously, there's sorcery with them being changed, but I guess I never threw that into my swords and sorcery. Uh, oh, one. Um, my first one, and I think I've talked to you about this movie. And, I, and every time I, th- I think I've talked to you about it, you you sort of look at me like like I'm I'm a I'm, I'm loopy. <laughs> that's every day. That's that's not, that's not uncommon. That's just me looking at you. What the hell? Um, Dragon Slayer. You know, that was on my list. Was it really? Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so yeah, great, great. It's a, like American dark fantasy, uh, directed by Matthew Robbins. Uh, this is basically your standard swords and sorcery. You know, dragons in the air. Um, you, you you're following a, a young young um, apprentice to a wizard, uh, and most folks will forget about this. Uh, he, uh, the P- Peter uh, McNeil, McNeil is who played it. He also played Jonas in Ghostbusters too. That fell in love with Sigourney Weaver. It's the same. The, the, the guy that plays the the young apprentice wizard in this is also played the uh, the the, stu- the the uh, struck one who was uh, in, in love with Sigourney oh, Weaver. He played the Jonzo Jonzos or J A N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. That's yeah. That's who. That's the same guy. Oh. Oh, that's okay. That is him. He played. Oh, this is Vigo. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, oh. and you also had uh, Raphael Richardson, who played the the wizard. And one of probably the most epic scenes is the wizard and the dragon battling it out on a mountaintop. I mean, so you talk dope. about something. So yeah. Cool. Oh man. Oh man. And then that's like, that's before CGI, man. And that and it looks so epic. It just yep. like destruction of the dragon i think the dragon ends up burning him alive isn't it well they fight it fight it out the dragon takes him yeah the dragon burns him alive but then he re- reincarnates later in the movie and then him and the dragon have this final battle up on the uh, up there and the the apprentice has to have that choice that that one choice give up his power or save the world you know he has to have this 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 mm. hero's journey kind of way of you know either i can do this and i can save the world and get the girl or or you know, I just you know the, the dragon's going to win, and he has to make that make that decision. We also get introduced to uh, Valerian, who at first comes off as a boy, and we come to later find out that her dad made her very 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 Mulan in a way of you know her dad. You know she she was becoming a dressed as a man to get away with something, um, mm. and uh, so that that but her dad instead of the Mulan version, but her dad in this version, dad makes her dress like a boy so she doesn't get pulled into. The uh, into the sacrifice of the dragons that every virgin must go through. They they do a a very um, I don't I don't want to refer to a newer movie, but I kind of have to. A uh, Hunger Games esque where they pull a name out of a hat, and you know whoever is uh, whoever's pulled up is and a virgin goes to the dragon and is sacrificed to the dragon. And probably one of the creepiest nightmarish things I think I've ever had was seeing the baby dragon chewing on the princess. Ooh, like yeah, that Ooh. was. I mean, just you want to talk about some epic, great, practical for fantasy. That was. I mean, definitely. Yeah, you look at it, the dragon was fake, but it's just that him chewing up the princess. <laughs> well, a lot of times when you see the dragon, I think it's mostly filmed in the dark, so you. I don't think they see it. It is, but these are the baby dragons that are that are in the in the cave. Oh, with the weird eyes. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. Like I said, yeah, it's some really great. Great, great movies, um, and you also get uh, to see a very young Ian McDermott 
playing a, a, bro, a brother uh, Jacobs in the uh, in here. So get to see him uh, very young, also you know, picking up a role. So oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh wow, he is in this movie. Shit, I didn't notice that. I, I didn't look at the cast all the way through, and he's on the second. Uh, that's the only movie that Peter McNichol was uh, casted ahead of Ian McDermott, as far as like. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but I mean, he's been he, that gentleman's been in a lot of different different things. I mean, so it, he, he even was in Harvey Birdman, the Attorney at Law. I mean, he did some voices oh, there. He was the exterminator, the the ex ex the uh, eliminator. Man, he's yeah, he's tons of Ali McBeal, Heat, Adam's Family Values. If you watch that, Sophie's Choice, he's been a lot. Yeah, Dracula, dead and loving it. That's yeah. uh, my Leslie is a villain, so good. <laughs> but, uh, he's been a lot of stuff, and but uh, like you said, this was, was his very early days. Yeah, but no, this was uh, something I, I really, really enjoyed um, watching this, and this was where they also um, they co-developed some of the the the, uh, the special effects, like we were talking about the special effects for Empire Strikes Back. They they mm. use the kind of the same stop motion that they used for that they used in in this one as well so it's really really cool. Good movie and uh, Star Wars connection with Ian McDermott there. Two of them actually. Yeah, it's a good one. So very nice, very nice. I guess I go next. Uh, my next one. I'm not sure if you have it on your list, but uh, actually I saw this. When was it? I think I saw a little bit of today before I left for that left out of the house. The Sword and the Sorcerer. This one is this one. I think was made by the same guy who's um, who was doing. It's actually a movie we're going to do actually later on is um, Excalibur, and I believe this was his follow up movie, The Sword and the, Sor- the Sorcerer. And one of the my, Richard Malls in this film, Richard Lynch, who I, a lot of times gets mistaken for Rutger Hauer. I don't know why, but they look very similar. But this movie is freaking bonkers. It's crazy. It's violent as hell. I, I don't one scene. There's a dude like going to some dude's chest, ripping out his heart like a lizard creature. And of course, if you don't know that, one of the most famous thing this movie is known for is the triple bladed sword. Yep, the triple bladed sword, which has never been duplicated on film by anyone, because I think the logistics of someone holding up a sword with three blades is kind of kind of ridiculous. Because I think one of the the shorts the swords shoot out and come back which I think is kind of cool, but yeah, the sword and the source for so many insane scenes. Like, like I said, um, Richard Lynch is in this film was mistaken for Rutger Howard. A lot of times, uh, the practical effects, the blood, um, like Richard Mall in this film. It's very similar to almost like they always, uh, like crawl, crawl had a similar type of plot thing. They're trying to look for something, but, um, well, I get to be honest. I mean, to be a, being a fan of like fantasy novels, there's there's there, the journey. Yeah. It's it's either your revenge plot, it's your journey to free someone or save someone, or it's some, to unlock a secret. Or you know, so yeah, very much in line with every fantasy you know thing you can do. They're always trying to overthrow a king, get one of their people in place, and like they have to look yeah. for something, and like the mystical sword, the mystical robe. It's always mystical something, and like you said, the journey to getting there. But I, this movie, like I, this is one of the first movies I think I watched in the theater with, or not first movie, but um, I think I saw it myself with my brother. We snuck in and we saw this movie. We were watching something else because we wanted to watch. Oh, the sword and the sorcerer, and we were not prepared for it. <laughs> you would not. We were, we were not prepared for it. Like I, we look back at it now, and I'm like. 
Oh, this was stupid. But now, well, looking back then, ooh, no. Well, you got to look back. Your comparison to to technology now to then, then that was cutting edge, and it was like, yo, it's it's going to scare the crap out of you. This is where I think, and honestly, with this movie, this is where I think a lot of like we talk about, where I I talk about, and in, in, in the you know the novel industry that people talk about this grim dark series of movie or of books, and uh, George R R Martin, you know, they, he sort of was the the bringer of this, but when you look at this movie, I can see where he got some of his his ideas from it. You know, Grimdark oh, is man, a lot of him. A lot Grim, of Grimdark, yeah, Grimdark really in the book in the novel world is is it's not just you know gore, but there is a lot of gore in the Grimdark. Uh, uh, what we see in George, in the uh, Game of Thrones movie or shows kind of light to, compared to what they describe in the books. But you have these, you have the Malazan series. They are very dark, gritty, brutal, and gory. And this, I see that uh, I could see a lot of these authors replaying this in the background, whether whether watching, whether writing books. And it's quite, what I like about the movies, especially you mentioned Dragon Slayer, and now we're mentioning the Sword and the Sorcerers. These movies are very, they're very quick. They get to the point, and the story moves quick, but you're not bored. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that we're missing a lot of times. Like this film was only 99 minutes, and it gets to the point, but it feels longer. When I saw it, it felt longer. Mm-hmm. And like Dragon Slayer, when I watched that, it felt longer. But they're, they're short films. They get to the point. You have a lot of action. You get the romance. And it's just right there. And it's cool. And, and I wish they're not going to do it because a lot of times, you know, money and all that studios. But I really wish, and maybe streaming can get to this because streaming has a lot more leeway. But I really wish they would get to stuff like this where, hey, it's to the point. It's quick. It's there. It's fun. Hey, that's it. So that's but, the but, ultimate popcorn. Yeah, well, you know that's why I, mean? I think that that's why we get away with it with streaming because we can. You know, somebody was talking about you know when you look at really one of the things with like the Disney streaming MCU's, they're not really connectivity between them all. They sort of stand mm-hmm. on their own a little bit right now. We're, I'm sure down the road we'll see the threads, but they're literally two and a half hour or three hour long movies mm-hmm. just broken up, and I think that's the perfect way of doing it. I honestly think that the movie theaters right now have a deal. With like science, those like scientists to see how long we can they can make people sit in seats and not pee themselves. Yeah. All right, because every time, oh, longer movie, longer movie, like five minutes, six minutes, two minutes here. Longer your mother, or what are you trying to do? Kill us here? Yeah, the movie starts at eight oh five, and guess what? You got to sit through thirty minutes of trailer. So eight thirty five. So we're supposed to stop lying about that. Well, they don't. And I don't want to see it. Nicole Kidman anymore. My God, <laughs> we're at the theater. We know. Jesus, go to a different theater. Don't don't go to AMC. You won't see it in Regal. <sighs> anyway, Sword and Sorcerer, what you got? Next? All right, my next one, and this one might be the where we kind of maybe, maybe might cross over, but this is a, in a way, when the movie came out, it was a contemporary Sword in the Sorcerer's movie. With the fact that the movie started in contemporary times and then journeyed back and jumped around. I'm talking about the one and the only, Time Bandits. Oh, I didn't have that on there. <laughs> thought this. I thought oh. this one might be. I thought this one might be the yeah. one. Really, you know why I didn't have that on there? I just there's so many. I didn't think of Time Bandits. It's, I'm not gonna lie. I wanted something. I wanted something because this one I love watching, and it's it, oh. it is sword and sorcery, but it it sort of takes place now. You know, obviously it was filmed back in the '80s, but you know when you look at it, it's more of a contemporary one. And then the cast alone: Sean Connery, John Cleese, Shelley Duvall, Ralph Richardson. I mean, Ian Holm, just the, the cast alone, and uh, you know, directed by uh, Terry Gilliam, uh, you know, part of the 
epic Monty Python troupe. You know, this is definitely a lot of Monty Python alumni in this, but it wasn't a Python movie at all, but it definitely was fun. And you just to have that cast and to almost sort of, I know it was, it's, it was, and it wasn't, it was sort of before it's time to actually have little people in the leads of a movie. You know, yes, they were, they were had moments of comic relief, but they were really the lead. They were characters, man. They were characters. Yes. The, yes. The, the kid, Kevin, he was kind of the, okay. He was there. He was part of like the, the one leading of it to me. It was them. It was, it was those actors and those characters that made the movie work more than anything else. And again, talk about nightmarish scenes when, Oh boy, I know you're going to mention When the that. wall falls apart and the head comes floating. I the mean, su- just... the Supreme Being, dude? Ooh. Yeah. And he's like searching for them. Ooh, no. Like, I don't know what he's saying. He's like searching for them to come back in time. They're, they push to the wall. They're all running. Ah! They push the wall. They go through and they fall down and they land at some different time. Yeah, he's he's still terrifying. Like, he, like the first be- the beginning of that movie, like you see, just see, you don't know who he is. Mm-hmm. I mean, later in the movie, you find out who he is. He's some old British guy, but <laughs> which is. Which I thought was hysterical. Like they finally see him, and he like, "Yeah, sorry about that." All right, chaps, clean this hill up. I'm like, "What? That's it, him?" And then we get to see we get to see Sean Connery as a villain. We finally see Bond breaking role, you know, and taking on something different. I, this was before Highlander, and we get to see him, you know, playing two roles in a way. He plays the fireman, and then he plays uh, Agamemnon. Agamemnon, yeah. yeah. And uh, I mean, just just amazing. Budget five million. Box office in just in the United States and Canada. This isn't for every the worldwide. They made in the United States and Canada forty two point four million. I mean, dude, that's like, it, it tripled its budget. Yeah, which makes make me like, sequel. why didn't we get a sequel with this? This was so well done. You um, know, man, I have always wondered when we, we talk about movies being remade, rebooted, or whatever. I, I've always wondered why they haven't touched this. Again, I think it's one of those things. I think it's one of those holy things. Uh, like we've so. talked about Jaws. You know, you never want to remake Jaws. You never want to remake The Godfather. Yeah, you know, you don't want to. There's certain movies you don't want to remake because it they're so iconic and untouchable. And this might be one of those ones. I would never have thought Time Bandits would have been this film to be iconic. Like for me and you, yeah. Like I I've probably could quote some lines and talk about where they landed and they meet Robin Hood and dude, George Harrison from the Beatles is in this yeah. freaking film. Uh, it's just so much good stuff. But like, I think like, man, like a guy like Matthew Vaughn, this is right up his alley. I mean, they probably would make it different. Of course, you know, you got to think you, we're here in America overseas. This may be, and I, you know, if anybody's out there, yeah, mm-hmm. anybody out there that's from, from, from England or across the pond from us, let us know, is this, like, for us, this is sort of like an underground cult movie, but over there, is that, you know, is that something, is this something more important to you at growing up? Because, uh, I, I, I mean, I do understand, you know, the cultural differences that that a lot of, that, you know, everybody goes through and what they grew up, you know, watching. I know I've, I've tried to watch some British shows and, like, the people I talk to and they look at me like I got a third eye when I say I grew up <laughs> watching the young ones or the, you know. So, uh, but that's, so yeah, just kind of let us know if anybody has that other opinion, but that might be one reason why it's not, not that it's, you know, something made in America. This is a British product and maybe they're saying, no, let's not, let's not touch this over there. So weird because you, it's, it's so ripe and ready to like, just be adapted. Like you could do like a streaming, you could do another movie, you could do a reboot, you could do a sequel. There's a lot you could do with it. And there's so many elements that I love. Yeah. 
that could be adapted to like that they can go to like different periods of time. I'm, I'm not sure if they make it political. I don't know, but like this is just a fun movie. Like the, the minute when they go on the ship and the ship like rises from the sea and it's a giant holding the ship as his hat. That's cool. I mean, there's so many cool. Well, moments. now they were going yeah. to. Looks like they were planning a. Uh, they were writing a script for the Time Bandits two in 1996, and they were planning to bring back the entire cast except uh, looks like David Rappaport and Tiny Ross who had died had since died. But when uh, Jack uh, Pervins died the following year, they just went ahead and scrapped it and just said, you know, we're not going to do it. Yeah. Now, there is talk. Apple TV is thinking of trying to do a series hmm. with, uh, with Gilliam. So they're bringing him back. So that's uh, – and Tycho is set to co-write and direct the pilot. Tycho? Yeah. Oh man. I don't see date or time. I just see television series. He's got and- so much to do, but my God, if he has time to do it, he could kill it. Well, again, it's a TV. He, pl- he, it's just a TV pilot. You know, you know, know. you know how TVs are that the, 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 uh-huh. you get the showrunners, the writers and the cast and they do their own thing. And then the director just kind of comes in and sets the mood. Are you kidding me? He's doing what's the, what's the pirate one he just did. He's got time. All right. That one on that's on HBO right now. See our flags or whatever that one is. I haven't seen that one yet. It's it's is it good. It's dry British comedy. Yeah, I mean, but uh, but he's got the time. All right, it's not like he's pressed for time. I don't think he's as uh, as sought after as everybody thinks. I just think he's got a big name projects he's working on. Yeah, I can't wait to see Love and Thunder that trailer. Show. Yeah, I mean that one's pretty, that's done already. He's you know I think he's working on a couple of, like other little projects. But yeah, he's got his. He, should, he was Shadows? working on he was working on Love and Thunder, and he did this Pirates one. He's got time. <laughs> The you man knows how to time it. You have time, so the, the do man you just knows, the write man, the script and make the pilot. The man knows. Well, he doesn't need to write the script. Somebody else can write. He can just direct it. No, I want him to write the script too. He's a good writer, man. Oh yeah, I'm not saying he's not, but let let the showrunner write the script and, and then go from there. So, uh, okay. what do you got next? I got one that maybe not too many people know about. Maybe you know about, but um, this movie kind of came in under the radar, and um, it's it's more known for like a particular casting that. This guy was cast in this film, and then he went on to do something very super. And that's Immortals. That's 2011 Immortals, starring a unknown guy by the name of Henry Cavill. Sort of Theseus. Mickey works in it as King Hyperion. Luke, Luke Evans plays Zeus. And if you know Kellen Luntz, he plays uh, Poseidon, but then he's not a big part of the film. But um, basically, the whole premise of this whole film, it's the Greek stuff. Um, the Titans are going to be released by King Hyperion. He basically wants to do that. And of course the Greek gods are like, no, we got to have our own savior. Of course, the Greek gods don't want to get their hands dirty. So of course Zeus was one of his bastard children, which happens to be Theseus, which happens to be Henry Cavill. He has to find this legendary Hyperion's bow. And how can you overlook the one and only Stephen Dorff? Being in the Yeah. I don't see Steven Dorff. I see Joseph Morgan. Look at him. Where's, where's Steven Dorff? Yeah, he's in there. Yeah. I don't see him on my list. He, play, he plays uh, Starvos, cunning slave and master thief. Hold on. Sorry, guys. Give me a moment. I didn't oh, there he is. Okay. Yeah. Steven Dorff. John Hurt also in this yeah. as uh, he just plays the old man, but you well, can figure yeah. he is later on if you watch the film. Uh, Mark McNollis as the new priest. Yeah. A lot of. Um, character actors in this film and of course you know this was i think the first time that we're introduced to henry cavill and 
Um, if you listen to what Zack Snyder said, he saw this film and was like convinced that had to be Superman. I mean, take that for here or there, but I think a great movie to me, it's a more modernized version of clash of the Titans. It's more dirtier, more grittier. Um, I love the special effects in this film. I mean, I didn't like the way they designed the Titans. The Titans to me were kind of like chintzy looking. They almost look like Spartan soldiers, like just lined up like this, like the whole thing when they're in the cage, they're captured and uh, basically King Hyperion has to release them. And they're just sitting there like this. Through the whole film, like they don't move, they don't move their eyes. That's it. There's like this, and then they finally release, and there's a big battle with the gods and them. But visually, it's a pretty movie to watch. Yeah. Very pretty to watch. Like special effects are on point. The story's pretty good. Henry Cavill, like I said, this is his exposure to the U.S. audience. This is, yeah, well, actually, no, he's been in, he was in other things. He was in uh, this was like his ninth movie. But I, I think this is his first starring one where he's like the lead. Yeah, yeah. Other ones, he was in like Hellraiser, Hellworld, and like Red Riding Hood. Yeah, yeah Stardust. He was in. Yeah, he was in a few other ones. But yeah, I think. Um, yeah, as far as like lead goes, I don't think he was. Uh, he was lead on anything before this. Oh no, he was in a uh, Blood Creek also with uh with Dominic Purcell and Henry as brothers. So that gets kind of a co co lead there. Well, I didn't know that, but um, one of the better sword and sorcery movies. Really cool. It goes by fit fast too. Very quickly, uh, I thought Mickey, Mickey Rourke did a decent job as King Hyperion. You know, he's coming off The Wrestler, I think Iron Man 2, which was not greatly received, but then he did this one. I thought he was better in this film than he was in Iron Man 2. He had a lot more to do. He's a lot more menacing in this film, too. Like, he's a, he's a big dude in this film. You know, he had lot, didn't have a lot of dialogue, but he was more physical in this movie, too. Mm-hmm. And I I dug it, and I dig this film, man. It's it's uh, If you like Greek mythology, like, I am a big freaking geek for that stuff. It's a cool movie to watch visually. It, it, I mean, yeah, some of the acting, yeah, you know, but um, story's pretty good. It, it progresses pretty fast, and that's a nice movie to watch. I heard they wanted to do a sequel, but uh, that never came to fruition. The kind of like Man of Steel too. But hey, what are you gonna do? What'd you think? Oh, uh, see it? Yeah, uh, that one. No, I have not seen that one. No, okay, it, so. it was one of those ones that kind of just went under my under my radar during that time. Check it out. It's a really good, it's, I always call it like Clash of Titans, but like. Well, with that cast alone, I got to watch it, you know, knowing who was all in that. I mean, I've seen like the poster and I've seen it listed places to watch, but it was never one. I'm like, oh, I got to watch that. But now that I know who's in that cast, yeah, I got to, I got to watch, watch that. Do yourself a favor and watch Immortals 2011 story. I mean, I got, you know, seeing Superman, Deacon Frost hanging out. I got to see that part. I mean, so and I mean, Doctor Who, and Doctor John Hurt was also a doctor. So yeah, that well, that's you. That's you. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> he looks familiar. What you got next one? Uh, mine. I'm gonna go a little different on you. I'm going uh-huh. Japanese anime. Uh, this one is called Tales from Earth Sea, and I'm gonna. I'm also gonna go a little uh, book nerdy on you as well. This movie is based off of a series of books from Ursula K. Lagoon, and this is the fourth book in her series. It was very weird. They decided didn't they didn't do like the like you would normally do with a book series. You go part, start first book, second book. They took the like I think it was the fourth book in their line of these these series and made a movie about it. And it basically is following uh, uh, Ged or Sparrowhawk, who is the main character in the main series of the books. They, they it follows him as a kid and and shows how he becomes a sorcerer and everything. But this actually follows um, her uh, his 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 sort of apprentice that he's like taking under his wing. Uh, Timothy Dalton does the voice dubbing uh, for uh, Sparrowhawk 
and the uh, English version, which is really great when you actually, I forget about that he's there. Um, but you hear, you hear him doing that. You see, um, see who else is on here. You have Blair uh, Restanio who's on there. You also have William Defoe who does mo- a voiceover on this. You have, uh, Cheech Marin who's also Cheech on here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have, you have Brian Gregg who's also on here. Great casting voice. You have a, uh, I, I can always, I can never do her name right. Uh, Mariska Harkate. Yeah, she's all, yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she's also on here. She's playing. She plays sort of like she's an old friend of of Sparrowhawks, but like they're sort of like there's there's like this sort of like tension between them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so but it's it's great to see, but it, it kind of follows his young, his young apprentice and um, Tanar, who uh, Mariska plays uh, or voices her like her niece and how the, their relationship. But they have to they have to battle it out you know there's these two uh two kingdoms that are battling it out and uh, as a the uh, a war galleon sails through the storm two dragons fight above the clouds and try to try to stop them so like i said it follows everything with dragons everything with sorcery and uh also they uh the, they have a couple of great epic like swords battle uh it's not your high-end anime so like when i say anime i'm not talking like the flashing lights and you know smooth it's it's very storytelling based anime Mm. But yeah, one of my favorites. If I ever want to sit down and just chill out and watch, just watch, you know, little, little anime uh, sort of story. And again, I'm a fan of the books as well. So I that's what it just like still blows my mind when I like. Why did they jump right to the fourth book? It's it's a, a kind of Star Wars esque in, in the way they did it, I, <laughs> jumping to the fourth film. Um, I, budget um, twenty two million, and it made box office seventy five. So I mean, it's they do, yeah. And again, you they look do. at the you look at the voice cast just from the on the you know on the English dub is it's you know amazing. Have you ever seen it or heard of it? I have. I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I I'm stumped. I've never heard of this movie. Look it up. I believe right it's on HBO Max right What's now. It, hold on. Well, let me say this title again. I just, uh, I Tales like, from Earth Sea. Came out like 2006. Oh wow. Okay. So, but yeah, no, just really, really good movie. Um, again, like great book series in. Um, I'm gonna be yeah, yeah. like I said, I, I, I'm I like it looks nice. Look yeah. at that. For some reason, okay. they told it to. I mean, even the authors like she's like, hey, it's not my book, it's your movie. It is it is good. It's a, it's a good movie. Uh, so you know, it's one of those ones where they just had the rights to it. And but yeah, it's it's really really good movie to watch. And uh, if anybody, how, how does Cheech Marin in this, in this film as a voice cast? Well, a look, I mean, look at the rest. I mean, you've got yeah, Ken, Timothy right Dalton, <laughs> William Defoe. Like, how, did they spend yeah. their whole budget on Dalton Defoe? Because Pretty, I'm pretty sure uh, Mariska Tay didn't come come cheap either. No, she's yeah, she's been a lot of TV stuff. So you know, yeah. So like I said, there's a lot. There's a I'm lot. I'm sure of, these are uh, these the girl are that did the, the girl that played Dee Dee in Dexter's Laboratory. She's she's in here doing voiceover. Um, James James Harnell, who's a yeah, you know, my God, yeah, you know, who did Ironhide and and he was a, I think he was who was he was he was Wacko. So I mean, again, not a cheap. <laughs> so no, talk about a great cheap, yeah, you talk about a great uh, money on well. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, check it out. It's it's really good. Really yeah, fun. I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check that. Looks right up my alley. Or tell it's, it's so funny. I have been introducing you to more more anime lately, and actually, we've got one more coming up. I think it's next month. Uh, we got a got a cool anime uh, story coming up that you haven't seen before. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking <laughs> it's, it's, it's like I, this last couple of years, I've sort of I, t- tiptoed I, into the anime world a little bit more. I haven't. I've made a mission of myself not to watch that movie yet. Oh yeah, oh yeah, no, yeah. But I'm gonna. Well, the closer we get, I'm gonna watch oh, yeah. it because I know it's a review and 
I can't wait because like this is this is right up my alley. Yeah. The, like the anime looks really good too. Like okay, tell us from yeah. first day. All right, well, to 2006. So. And if you're interested in reading the books, and anybody listening, of course, you know, that's obviously who we're talking to. But if you're interested in reading the book series, they are tiny freaking books. Like literally like the first book is like 200 pages, I think, or 220. Like very, very thin books. They're not like these monster fucking novels you see. They're very tiny, and every single one of them is about that, that big. Except I think the third or the, the book just before this one's a big, a little bit bigger, but yeah, the rest of them are real easy reading. So if anybody wants to get into, into reading those, I'm definitely going to check that out. And guys, if you haven't do yourself a favor, check that out. Uh, tell some more to see. Uh, I guess I'm next. This is our last one. This is our last one, right? Uh, no, I think I'm doing, this is my four and then you got a four and I think we have one more after this. Okay. Cause I okay. did. Yeah, yeah. This is um, okay. This is my okay fourth. Just before we get to the last one, let's let's do a runner up before we hit our last ones. Okay, okay. So this is my four. Then we'll do four. Then we'll do runner up. All right. This film. If you guys know me by now for almost four years, I like movies that are ridiculous and make no freaking sense. This next movie I'm going to mention. The name alone will you, it has name recognition, but the whole movie, if you watch it, makes no sense. Doesn't follow anything. But I freaking love it. Why is one of the first films my dad took me and my brother to go see. And if you guys haven't guessed what it is, I'm going to tell you. It's Hercules, 1983, starring Lou Ferrigno. It has all the gods. It's a space adventure with Greek gods. Let me say that again. It's a space adventure with the Greek gods. He literally is in space fighting other Greek gods. The special effects are, let's just say they're uh, they're a work in progress. It's very spacey. It's very, I think it was like towards the end of the disco era, so you can see a lot of disco stuff. Yeah, the early Mike, I'm not sure if you were, yeah. Mike, I'm not sure if you've seen this movie, or maybe you saw it on a drunken night, but my no, God. No, no I, but I did watch uh, Hercules Goes to New York, so I thought that when you started saying Hercules, I thought that's where you no, were No, 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 that was not on the list. Actually, there's a sequel to this movie called The Adventures of Hercules starring Lou Ferrigno in 1985, which has nothing to do with the first film because they go, they're back on Earth and they never explain why. But the, the whole film, of course, is Hercules doing his labors, but he's doing it battling the wizard, King Minos, who uses science to take over the world. Now, literally, there are scenes where they're on this planet, like the Greek gods are on a planet, and they have this chessboard, and they're just plant, like moving pieces around, like, oh, yeah, and like you see the moon in the background. I'm like, what are the Greek gods doing in space? And they're like, yeah, well, Hercules will save the day. And he keeps moving this chessboard and like this. And King Minos, and it's, it's, it is so bad that it's good. And if you know me, I love bad movies. This movie's terrible. But if you don't watch it, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because at least you have to say, I watched this film and be like, oh my God, it was so bad. And you're going to recommend it to somebody else, saying it's so bad you got to watch it, and somebody else, and then somebody else. Just watch it. Makes no sense. The only thing, and Lou Ferrigno, of course, is not speaking this film. He's dubbed, of course. He ain't going to speak. But of course, he's still in shape. And he's Hercules in space. This man's still in shape now. So, yeah, I mean, that's you're, yeah, you're, you're, you're talking when, when he when he just got done doing the Hulk. Of course, he would be in shape. He just got done doing the no, Hulk I, like, for four I think years. And, like, and, and like in the Hulk, like you saw him with the green type of skin on there. But 
in this film, you could see him like he's all he's he's hulked out in this film. Like he's yeah. So check it out. Hercules. You do some push-ups before you before they say action, man. You're you're gonna be ripped. Oh no, man. He's like mega ripped in this film. Like he looks like Hercules. Like Jesus. I mean, I, of course he's a bodybuilder. Him and um and Arnold and all that stuff. But my God, so good, so bad, but so good. So yeah, Hercules, 1983, one of my favorites. Check it out. Okay. They're in space, though. Mine and I. You sort of mentioned it already, so I don't know because you mentioned it already if it's in your list or not. I'm and it's it's a movie that we've already done. Crawl. Yes. yes. I mean, you can't get any more sword and sorcery. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not a sword, but it's a clave. And you know what? You can't nothing more iconic of a weapon that I can think of when you go look back. Yes. You see all nowadays, everybody's collecting like, these swords from like Lord of the Rings and from Game of Thrones, you know, everybody's got the Jon Snow sword in their house or the, or, you know, you just see everybody collecting. Nobody has the clave, the most iconic to me weapon of a sword and sorcery movie. in I don't know, since I've been alive for the last 40 years, you know, almost 50. So, I mean, in just the cast, you're talking about an amazing cast of actors that are on here, Freddie Jones, you have David Bately, you have uh, Lizette Anthony, you have Kenneth Marshall, a very young, very young uh, Liam Neeson on, on here, as well as Robbie Coltrane is yeah. also on here. I mean, just amazing cast. A little bit different of the twist of of like a hero's journey or, or going out and just saving somebody. It's almost got this this mix of fantasy sorcery and sci-fi because because of the beast because he's otherworldly he comes from another world and comes here uh very reminiscent of and this is probably what this is like right i think probably right around the toy series when it came out this reminded me and this is what a he-man should have been like the, the the feel not the story but that feel of this this evil ugly creature who's the the villain who's trying to get the princess and you have the king or the young prince who's you know has to go save her just a very very basic on on like the storyline but this i think this is how this should have been for like a a he-man story but again one of my favorite favorite uh ones of all time i can like i can watch this over and over again Oh, uh, you know, you don't have to convince me. Uh, but check out our archives. We actually did a watch long list many moons ago. And it's so good. Like the journey, like the journey for the first part of the film is they're trying to look for the glaive, and he eventually gets the glaive. He uses it. You know, he saves the world. But like one of the saddest things in that movie too is when he actually defeats because it's, it's the thing is just called the beast. Like yeah, that's his only yeah, name. That's, yeah, that's his own name. Yeah, only, and I think you see him briefly when his full form. He looks like a giant reptile monster or whatever. But throughout the whole film, you hear his voice, like, I have you here. And, like, you see, like, versions where he's, like, disguising himself as as um, Ken Marshall's character. I forget, wasn't it Cowlin? Cowlin, I think his name is. And, like, hey, I, you could stay here with me. You could have everything. Anyway, so, but, but anyway, he uses the glaive towards the end of the movie. He kills the monster. But there's a sad scene towards the end. He's trying to get the glaive back, and the glaive won't budge. It just stays there, and that, that, that destruction happens to the castle, and he has to leave the glaive. I always thought like there was always room for like a sequel, like Return of the Glaive. That would have been cool, but never happened. But it's a fun one. You don't have to convince me on that one. Robbie oh, Coltrane, yeah. awesome. Lisette Anthony, she went on to have like a really decent career. I think she's still doing something. She's still a beautiful woman, then, and a little bit older now, but she still does good. So hey, yeah. I mean, and again, some of the some of you, we always talk about these heart tugging moments in certain a lot of these movies. 
And, um, you know, there's, there's a few, I think probably the one, like the one that really tugs at me was, uh, Freddie Jones's character, Yinier, who was basically the narrator of the film and him and him. And you come to find out the, the widow of the web of, you know, they were former lovers and that, that she's like, well, I can give you one thing. And I, and you know, you have enough time to do, to put sand in your hand and hold on to that until you leave. And that's how much life you have, you have left. I was like, oh, that. And then you had, um, the old man, the old wizard, the, uh, Oh, his death, dude. Yeah. Like, his yeah, death. Like, and the, yeah. So, um, I mean, just so many, just, but again, those, those are those moments where you're like, okay, we've gotten into a, a, a comfort zone, especially when the old man dies, you know, and just, just, just great storytelling and, and just great acting again. Another, I think this was a British film as well. Yeah. So again, another one, I mean, I, I something I you know, said before, you know, about, you know, the Brit- Bring, getting brought up in a certain you know, environment, I think a lot of the British, uh, you know, actors and writers, they really grasp that kind of that background because of kind of where they're from and their in their history. Well, like you said, a lot of their history is based on that stuff. You know, the King Arthur stuff, like you know, and, uh, I mean, et cetera, et cetera, some other links. But they 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 had a handle on that stuff. And I think as Americans, there's some films that, that go that route. They're pretty good, but like, yeah, you know, we we, we do like, the great gun gun toting ones and the rebellion ones and all the really messed up ones. We do those great. These guys, the British, and you know, they seem to really capture capture that King Arthur vibe in uh, in the sort yeah, of the and and, and and they and they rode that wave all throughout the '80s. Yep, and they made good movies about it. Yeah, it's a good film, man. Like, you don't have to convince me on this one, man. I, I I literally again, guys, check out the archives, of Midnight Movies. We actually did this. Yeah, one. so that's we did that one. <laughs> All right, so this is our last one. So let me let's get a couple of runner ups. Don't, don't tell me your your one you pick. What what do you got left? Oh, as far as my runners up, but yeah, I yeah, we're not gonna you? yeah not your last one. We don't want your number five yet or your number okay, one. I'm not gonna, yeah, okay, just my who, runners who, up. Who aren't you using? You said because we you and I both will oh, we we told each other we make extra to the list. So let's talk yeah. about runners up. What do you got? Uh, I had the original Clash of the Titans. Okay, nice. Very good. I can see that. Uh, I had Legend, Tom Cruise's Legend, which I wanted to put on there. That was on my list, but it's not It's not on my runners-up list. So far, we, we haven't touched each other's lists at And all. the other one I had was, uh, you said it before, actually, in passing, was Masters of the Universe. Oh, really? Okay. Which I freaking love that film. I'm like, people have their issues with it. Oh, it's not really He-Man, but I dug it because... I, the story about that film. Uh, yeah, I almost chose it, but it was more sci-fi than than fan than Star yeah, Wars. That's like, the only reason why I didn't choose it. Because I wanted to choose it, but I was like, I don't know, man. Like it's it's not really sword and sorcery, more sci-fi yeah. and sorcery, and it's it's on that edge. And I was like, ah, it's right there. You can yeah. do it. You can make an argument for it, but like, do you want to save for something else? Because yeah. I want to save that movie for something definitely, else. I yeah, definitely, I don't blame you. That's the same reason I did. So, all right. So, what do you got? What's your what's your number one? Not your number one, but your last, your final choice. My number for, one. Well, you could call it my number one, I guess, dude. Okay. We haven't done this movie, and I think it is a crime that we have. Number one, it has awesome music. Number two, awesome hero. Number three, awesome villain. And if you guys don't know what I'm talking about, it's a movie that me and my brother can quote every single day, and we actually say it. Because we say his name every day to fucking Crom. And that is Conan the Barbarian with Arnold Schwarzenegger. You're looking at me side to side. Maybe you chose it. Maybe you didn't. No, if we did, no, we're both no, our minds thinking no. like, dude, Festa Doom, the Riders of Doom, the journey of Conan from the little kid, like pushing that wheel for all those years, 16 years. Then he gets huge and he goes after Festa Doom. 
the murder, the witch, the crazy freaking witch guy, the journey of the desert. He gets hexed. He gets all tatted up. He goes and pushes a bowl full of naked women down. Oh, my God. Oof. A bowl of naked women? It was a bowl. I think they were like in a bowl. It looked like they were in a bowl. Because I think when Tessa turned into the snake, he like he was trying to have sex with all of them. I don't know what it was. It was weird. But, um, so like the beginning scene of the film where the dad is talking to young Kona, yeah, Krom, Krom steel is strong, makes you strong, and like all those words. And then when Tessa invades the, the village and a young Conan is there watching because the dad dies and like the mother's there with him and Tesla looks like he's trying to defend uh, young Arnold, or that's what's trying to look, look at her mom, and the mom is like almost hypnotized. And then all of a sudden, you just see the sword just cuts his mother's head off, and he just looks at it. And basically, he just sits there and he just starts pushing that wheel, man. And so, just a little bit note to you guys you know, start pushing that wheel. You too can beat Arnold Schwarzenegger in 16 years. And of course, the whole revenge story, the music alone, there's a there's actually the director's cut of this film. Or director's commentary, which I was, I think one night I told you about, that was, I was kind of bored. Like, let me just throw this on. If you guys have never seen or heard the director's commentary with Arnold Schwarzenegger and the director, it's gold. It is, watch it, sync it up with the movie. He's literally sitting there like, yes, this one part here, like the night before I was really hammered. <laughs> just beautiful. It's just hysterical. Watch it. Any version, but to me, I recommend watching the director's commentary with Arnold Schwarzenegger on there. It's it, it's gold. It's gold. I so definitely, I'll, I'll definitely I'll get, definitely give you that one. Uh, that was on my list, or not? Not it wasn't on my list. It was my thought. I was like, man, I don't think I'm going to put that one on there. Um, I did have on my secondary on my on my on my standby list. I had the Destroyer. Not as good, but it's. it's I it's feel. Totally, I feel it's more sword and sorcery. It's more sword and sorcery. Yeah, so that's why Conan the Destroyer was on yeah. my was on my was on my standby list, not the the original. Um, again, I'm very kind of touchy on those because I, I, I hate to say this because you'll laugh. The um, the Jason Momoa version is better and closer to the stories than either one of these. I didn't hate the Jason Momoa version though. <clears throat> I actually kind of like that. I think people gave that yeah. one a bad rap. Yeah, but it's closer to the, was, it's closer to the actual source material than than these are. And I would put those. I would put these two movies, The Destroyer and, and Barbarian, up as probably one of the if we, if we ever had to do this list again and they finally released the the trilogy, I would put those in in league with uh, Lord of the Rings. That you can't touch. You you can't add those into here because those as a combo are great. But if they finally get to King Conan. Like it's been in the, it's been in oh developmental it's in hell. It's, years, right? <laughs> it's seen light. It's gone back down. I think it's seeing light again because we're hearing stories. Um, on, like, yeah, if they can get the third one in there and make the that trilogy would be epic. The, dude, the ending of Conan the Destroyer yeah. literally has Arnold Schwarzenegger sitting Same. on a yep. throne, and it says, "But that is another story." Yeah, yeah. and I'm we, sitting we there want that other a, story. The little kid, I'm like. When is the other story going to happen? When is it going to happen? My God, we've had kids since then, and the story has still not happened. What happened, Mike? What happened? I've been waiting for Conan the King. It's the perfect time. Do Arnold's old enough he could do it? He's yeah, still in shape. He's at the perfect perfect age. I mean, you can't, oh. can't say he can't, man, because you got you got fucking uh, Harrison Ford out there doing Indiana Jones. and then, you know. I'm just saying, he doesn't have to do much. Like You could still shoot him for like, the ground up doing like minimal scenes if you, with the action. He's, he's just got to swing, he's just swing a, nut, swing a sword. sword. It's not like we're asking him to lift like anything. So, <sighs> But yeah, no, I, I definitely see it. But again, like, like I said, on my runners-up, Conan the Destroyer was definitely on there. 
the Dark Crystal. Ooh. One we have already done, and I almost put that as number one, but I decided not to. The Princess Bride. I think that's great, but it's not as so much sorcery in there. It's more swashbuckling. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I also had one that I love, and I don't know if you've ever seen it because it's got your namesake in it. Uh, Solomon Kane. Have you ever seen Solomon Kane? Um, it's funny you say that. That was on one of my third. That was on, that was on my that was on my <laughs> second. So, was on a list too. So that we're not that far off. So maybe that's the closest one we've gotten is Solomon Kane, which is funny because I was like, he'll never have that one. No, um, it, it's actually a, a really underrated one. Like the beginning, yeah. oh, the beginning scene of that movie, just amazing. Yeah, amazing. Like the whole demon thing and like who he is. Oh, oh, watch it. Well, I don't know if you'll be too surprised. You, you know how I am right now, and and be me being like this little, little fucking bookworm again. Um, the never-ending story. I can't hate that man. Uh, it's it is swords. I, it's sorcery. It's fantasy. It's it takes place in a more contemporary time at the beginning. You drift off into that world. It has the most heartbreaking, damaging thing anybody, oh, and I don't care man. if you grew up watching The Lamb Before Time, screw you and your little foot, all right? That scene is just, with, with, oh, it's, I can't even, I don't even want to say his name. <laughs> I know what it is, man. That, that, that scene. <sighs> but yeah, this, this, the scene with the tray and the horse. That it, it, it's murder. It's breaks murder. Yeah. breaks me. And like this, like the pain, and like I, I, I dude, I ain't gonna lie. I'll, I'll tear up while I watch that scene. Oh yeah, still I, do. I, it, 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 it hits me, man. Like oh no, no, save them. Like oh yeah, no. And then you know, I mean, just just amazing. It's just so much fun. It's heartwarming and it's heartbreaking at the same time. And I just, I just love that. I just love that movie. And it's it's one of those ones that. It just can take me back. Um, you know, I, I was, what was I watching today? Oh, I was watching, um, I was watching Purple Rain today. And I just, I was like, man, it's like some of, some of the 80s movies takes you back and some don't. And like, I don't care where I am or what mood I'm in or probably how old I'll ever be, but the never ending story will always take me back uh, to that moment. And then you want, again, you talk about your soundtracks. Yeah, can't beat that fucking song. Okay, I don't care no, who you are. Okay, what kind of mood you're in? You hear that? You hear the Never Ending Story theme? You're happy. I am. The original version is always the best for me. They've actually tried to remake that thing a hundred times, but yeah, like the Catchy yeah. Google version. Yeah. No, that's not Catchy Google. That's um somebody else, Kai or Kate. It's it's some good dude. But I, uh, my brother went on tour with him. You should talk to him like one time. How crazy that dude is! Like they he keeps singing that song. It's like his only claim to fame. But he's a totally wacko. But the song, yeah, puts you in a good place. And just like, you know, okay, let me hear it again. Like, and they made a couple of sequels after that, which were not as good as the first one, I'll admit. But, um, yeah, you had the, the next chapter in the escape from Fantasia. Es- escape from Fantasia. The second one was the second one, I think, is a little bit better than the third. The third one was like, what the hell is going on? And like, you know, we had Jack Black in there. Like, what? What? Well, and the, yeah, just, yeah. But the first one was always going to hold up to me. And it's like you said, it's a story. Like, when he goes into the book, um, the bookstore, and I forgot the name. I think it's Bastion. Bastion yeah, was they, the name of the kid, yeah. Yeah, so he goes in there, talks to the old dude, and he's like, hey, man, you know, you can have any book to read here, but you can't have that one. Why not? Just don't take that book. And it's the book with the uh, with the sigil of the Never Ending Story. He takes it, he takes it back home, reads it in the library, and like in his attic or something, and, you know, stuff happens. That's going on. Eventually, he reads the book enough, and like, he ends up being part of the story, which I thought was really cool. He's like, you're the only one that can save Fantasia. How? And he's like, you got to rethink up everything. And has a great ending, too. 
Like yeah. because you you know it's like doom and gloom, like the nothing takes over that wolf. Dude, that wolf is terrifying. Yeah. By the way, yeah, no, another even to this day, <laughs> it's that wolf. Like when you see him in the shadows, he's that, that's practical too. He's like out there, oh. And the rock people, which are always depressing. Oh no, no, actually, the turtle was depressing. I can't help you. Why? I don't want to. Like the turtles, it's like, oh god, please. I know people like that, so I don't need to see a turtle like that. And also, it ended the same way your number one movie ended as well with the narrator of the film saying passion had many more adventures, but that's another story. But at least they made three. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't get Conan three. We man. got two. Um, at least got two. We got two movies. All right. Yeah, man, I'm still on Conan. But yeah, great choice, man. All I, think right. we, I think one of those days we'll actually might get up to actually doing every running story. I'm not sure. Maybe. It's That's going to be a tough one, man. I don't know if we want to, I don't know if we want to pick at that scab on on a podcast or not. Oh, dude, what, seeing both of us crying, dude. Oh, come on. That'd be gold. That'd be gold. I, I will, I will tear up. I, I ain't going to lie to you guys. You're going to hear a couple grown 40 ass men just crying out a freaking horse being drowned in mud. That's what you're going to hear. What you might hear for the holidays. Yeah, yes, who knows? All right, guys, that is the final of our list for swords and sorcery movies. We've got a ton of lists to do, but if you guys have any any ideas, hit us up on the on our on our Facebook page, uh, Bam Podcasts on Facebook, and uh, just throw us throw us some uh, throw us some uh, ideas. I mean, I, we like I said, I got a list here. I know Jeff's got a list, so we'll, we'll work on we're, we're going to work on our list. But if you guys saw us something cool and like something we didn't think of, we're going to jump on that in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, just definitely let us know you know what you guys think or if any other ideas. So what do you got, man? Man, like I said, I, I love doing less, especially in movies. It's kind of the thing I geek out about a lot of times, especially if if you know us and are in our Zoom meetings at late at night. Sometimes when we have a couple cocktails, one of the first things that always comes up is movies and stuff like this. So um, you know, Mike, we had a great idea of doing the BAM list, and I think. So far, two episodes in, I'm having fun because it's always a deep dive for me to go to films that I've seen before. I can recollect past information, uh, music, where I was, what I was doing. And they bring out, invoke a lot of emotion, too. I mean, we're just talking about the never ending story right then and there. That's a fun part of it. And this adds to you guys. And maybe you've never seen these films and you can check them out. I, I learned something new today about a film that I have to watch. So hopefully you guys can learn. I can learn. We can all yeah, learn. And I, got, I got one, too, with The Immortals. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So check it out, guys. All right, guys, make sure you guys do check us out on Facebook and check out all of our episodes for uh, the Midnight Movies or the BAM, where we've got uh, our doing our reviews, watch-alongs, and, of course, our new list shows. So check us out. Yep. Get to the asylum. We'll see you soon, kids. <laughs>